Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, October 11th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. Appreciate you all tuning in this Columbus Day, and it is a federal holiday. And this is a concept to note that since 1492, Discovery of America changed the world. So when Columbus Day made a federal, so why was uh, Columbus Day made a federal holiday? Well, legislation was signed in 1968, and the first official holiday was celebrated in 1971. So interesting little tidbit there that uh, this hasn't been a federal holiday for a long time, but um, I guess you could say a long time, 40 years or so. Anyway, we're in the fourth quarter, and we have seen a bit of volatility, and you're probably trying to figure out what to do with your portfolio, your strategy uh, in this particular environment. And so that's what I'm here to help you with, to help you to take that next step, learn a little bit more so you can make good decisions with your money on a daily basis. And that's what it's all about. It's not about making one decision that's going to make you rich tomorrow. It's about making consistent decisions, unemotional decisions based on facts grounded in reality that will help you become a better investor and better with your money. Okay, so you can reach your own version of financial freedom. And that's what we're going to do. On this show and podcast, we're going to operate with our mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. And that's my assurance that whatever I'm talking about, whether it's the market, sector, strategy, particular stock that you're calling in about, I'm presenting you the facts as I see them in front of me, as well as using my 20 plus years of investment experience. I'm Justin Klein. Of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get the shape of this show to your liking. So I encourage you to call right now during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time. Or if you're listening after hours, no big deal. Our Invest Talk Voice Bank is also open 24-7. The number never changes, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hello, Justin and Steve. Uh, I got a question for you. It's about Option Care, a stock, and the symbol is OPCH. Uh, it's currently trading, I think, around $25 a share. Uh, it had a 52-week range of $13.12 to $28.21. It's a big company, $4.5 billion company. I'm very interested in taking a position in it uh, a little at a time. I wanted to know what you thought of it and uh, what your opinion is. See if I can get you a seal of approval on this. And uh, if you just give me a range, too, of a 
a good target to be picking this up if it is a good investment. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Love the show. All right, this is Option Care Health, and it is about a $4.4 billion market cap. For years, they were losing money. They lost $5.60 a share until 2014. And this is a somewhat rare example of a company that kind of dug itself out of the doldrums of a very, very bad business and just consistently losing money. And the chart struggled for a long period of time. Peaked in 2013 around $70 a share and fell all the way down to four bucks back in 2016. So it was in the doldrums and started to dig its way out. Now this year is supposed to make 60 cents a share. It's first profit profitable year in a long time. So that's a good thing. And they're growing consistently. Pre-pandemic, they were growing about 40% year over year on the revenue side. It's a very interesting company. Now, free cash flow has now been positive for since 2019. So that's good. But trailing 12 months, free cash flow is only about $142 million on a $4.4 billion market cap. Not a great yield. Return equity is pretty me- pretty meager, uh, and they they went through a rough patch from 2013 to 2019. Their return equity was negative, and a lot of debt. Company with big big issues. Their share count exploded from 14 million in 2012 to trailing 12 months 183 million. So they issued a lot of debt to kind of dig themselves out of it. The chart looks pretty good. It's in an uptrend, but it's starting to roll, uh, and it's looking pretty weak. And so I don't I, – I think the multiples here are just way too high. Uh, it's not growing nearly fast enough, and I think I'm staying away from the stock. It's just way, way too expensive for the level of revenue. Trailing 12 months – about $3 billion revenue. So that's not, from a revenue standpoint, uh, it's not really that bad. But from an earnings cash flow standpoint, it's terrible from a multiple perspective. Enterprise value to EBITDA, 26 times. I'm just passing on it. And technicals are starting to roll over. So I'm passing on option health, O-P-C-H. My focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. As an investor, should you be considered a tips investor? If a higher inflationary period occurs, will tips, something that promises you to get your principal back plus inflation-adjusted dollars, well, should that be something you invest in? We're going to talk about that. In conjunction with that, we're going to look at oil prices and what's happening there in the oil and natural gas front. And then earnings. Earnings picture will start to come into focus. Analysts expect that earnings from companies in SP 500 will grow 28% in the third quarter from a year ago. We're going to dig into sectors and the companies that might influence that overall outcome. And then banks. Pandemic's over for big banks. But what comes next? 
There were a lot of help from the government in regards to lending, keeping people solvent, all that. What does that look like going forward? So we're going to dig into that story as well. But ultimately, I want to hear from you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's take a look at the market today. The 10-year was up about one basis point, so another one basis point. Uh, so another grind higher in interest rates there. You had the S&P down 30 points and really closed the day very, very weak. And that was really the story here. We were up early in the day and sold off almost the entire day, closed at the lows for pretty much all the major indices. The NASDAQ, that was down 93 points, about two-thirds of 1%. The Russell, that was down 12 points, about half a percent there. Uh, and the NYSE, broad index, that was down 87 points, about half a percent. So the broad market was down about half a percent. And half a percent is not much. It's minor. But after the bounce that we had last week off of support, today's close was rather bearish. Remember, when you close at the lows, that's probably the most bearish close you could have. Versus you close at the highs, that's the most bullish close you could have. So not only did we have a reversal day, uh, a down day after a bounce last week, but closing at the lows. So this market keeps hitting checkboxes that say you need to be cautious. You need to be maybe taking some profits, be a little more patient on buying, and a little bit more aggressive on the sell side. And that's kind of what I'm seeing in the market right now. This is Invest Talk. And if you've never called, why not do it now? I'll be curious to hear your question. Love to hear first time callers. And I'd be happy to give you my unbiased answer. Our phone lines never close, so give us a call 888 99 chart. Best Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a rollover. 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99Chart. Justin and Steve, love your show. Suzanne from Michigan. I was calling about Joanne Incorporated, J-O-A-N. I bought in, you know, mostly for long-term, hoping for long-term as a dividend play. And in August, 
think it was around $14 and it's been dropping and then it had a big gas drop in September and it's kind of languishing. I was wondering if you could help uh, me take a look at that. Tell me what you think on fundamentals and technicals and what's happening. Just trying to figure out if I should continue to buy on the sale or is this a, a problem that I should be foreseeing? Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. All right, this is Joanne, and this is a fabric, uh, a, a retail store outlet. They, op- <clears throat> they operate in 49 states, 180, sorry, 855 retail stores, and they sell fabrics and sewing accessories, et cetera. Uh, good business. Return on equity is trailing 12 months, 77%. They are pretty leveraged, so that's the big issue here. They've been using any cash flow to pay down uh, their debt. And kind of a recent issue, I'm not sure if this was a spinoff or a an IPO, I'd have to look back, but um, I've said this before, it's really that low of around $9.90, now we're at ten twenty six. so it is threatening it. Um, that would be my out. If it breaks below that on a weekly basis, closes below it, uh, then I'd probably sell it. Um, just because that would be the signal that this would be uh, more on a, a broader uh, decline as opposed to right now it's kind of neutral because it stayed above its uh, its IPO month lows as well as its uh, recent lows back in September. So just like everything, you need to have your out, and that would be my out. Let's go to Bill in San Rafael looking at MRNA Moderna. You own it or looking to buy it? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Justin. Uh, sure. I own it, and I uh, initiated the position shortly after the pandemic started, so I have a, a fairly healthy gain, um, which I'd be able to offset tax-wise, so that's not a problem if I were uh, to sell it. But I just want to get your take on what you might do if you held it in a balanced portfolio going forward. I would definitely be trimming it at the very least. Uh, and the reason I, I'm not a big fan of Moderna is not is first off, the valuation is extremely high. And yes, it's probably the best pure play from a vaccine perspective, but we've already administered billions and billions of doses. So the vast majority of the people who are going to get vaccinated uh, have been vaccinated. And I know develop world, developing world, that's getting uh, that's increasing, and that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, um, there, what's the growth trajectory next for the business? Uh, even based on current earnings, you're talking about enterprise value to even of thirty times, enterprise value to revenue of sixteen times. I just don't see this having staying power. Trailing 12 months, they did $9 billion in free cash flow on a $123 billion market cap. And that's great if they could do that for the next decade plus. Do you think, but do you think they're going to, we're going to be administering the COVID vaccine at the same rates we are now, uh, five, 10 years from now? I, I really don't think so. I think that's so far off. Um, you know, maybe it's still around and maybe we still, still use it, but at these rates, definitely not. And then you look at the history of Moderna itself. It was before the pandemic, it was a money losing, capital incinerating biotech company. And the question is is it just going to return to that post pandemic? Most likely, yeah. So I absolutely am selling it. 
I'm getting rid of it. I'm moving on, reinvesting it elsewhere. Now we're heading into the fourth quarter. Actually, we're in the fourth quarter. It's underway, and I'm here ready to answer questions as we enter into the holiday season. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 99 chart 8899242789924278. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here are some questions from iTunes reviewers. Nick from Los Angeles says, thoughts on digital turbine apps. This is one of those high-flying tech stocks currently trading at 82 times earnings. And I've said this before. This is not the, the greatest uh, time to be invested in these names. But he asks, he says, in mid-August, I bought shares and 65 strike call options expiring in January on Digital Turbine. Uh, they are currently profitable at 40x forward earnings. Should I add more or take profits in the stock? Um, I would be taking profits. You've seen this, um, this top along with uh, the rest of the growth sector and uh, in January. And... This is an indicator for you. If you hold stocks that peaked in January and have had trouble rallying, have made a series of lower highs and lower lows, it's a strong indicator that you are in a high multiple growth stock. And you're likely to have multiple compression as interest rates rise. And so this is one of those names. And it's getting back up to right near resistance around $80 a share, closed at 79 spot 38 today and i would absolutely be taking a lot of profits especially on those call options you're in the money 65 strike it's at 79 now and it's expiring in january and what that means is you're starting to get into the heart of the premium decay uh and so not only will the value of uh the implied volatility uh decay over that time quicker than you've seen recently, um, but you'll have a double whammy if the stock starts to decline as well. So I would absolutely be taking your profits on the call option and probably on the underlying stock as well. Now, another reviewer said, this was Be More Rock, said, I love the podcast, very helpful and easy to understand. Looking for an opinion on AEHR. This is Air Test Systems. Interesting, another name that was losing money for a long period of time. It's in the semiconductor equipment manufacturing sector, and this has exploded. 52-week low of $1.15. Now we're at $19.86 today, 52-week high. Uh, earnings are exploding, but it's definitely overbought. Why? I'd have to dig into this. What's changed about the business? Because for years... This is a business that was struggling, and uh, you could trace the momentum here, but history says that unless there's some radical transformation in their technology 
or they sign some great long-term contract they don't know about that this will return to its poor business uh, eventually. Over the last decade, the return equity has been deeply negative. Um, so I'd really have to know what the story is here uh, because the fundamentals in no way, shape, or form uh, back up the recent price movement. Like I said, going from a dollar to nineteen a dollar share to nineteen dollars per share. I don't see it. Uh, and so, unless once again there's some major breakthrough technologically, uh, I'm definitely passing on it. Now let's grab another caller question. This one came in from North Carolina. Hi guys, this is Lee from Raleigh, North Carolina. I am using Verizon ticker VC as a bond proxy. I've been using it as a bond proxy for the last couple of years. And I was just curious about your opinion about uh, Verizon being used as a bond proxy and other dividend stocks like Verizon uh, using them as bond proxies since uh, bonds are paying such low yields at this time. Thanks. Looking forward to hearing your answer. Well, Verizon is a bond proxy. A lot of these you know, telecom companies, they are bond proxies. And for everyone out there, a bond proxy is a, a type of asset that moves and acts a lot like a bond, pays a nice yield for Verizon, 4.9%, uh, and will go up and down depending on interest rates. A lot of packaged food companies, consumer staple companies that pay nice dividends act a lot like bond proxies as well. And what's interesting here is Verizon has broken down over the past few days. And I think a lot of that has to do with interest rates breaking out. So is it a bond proxy? Kind of, yeah. Is that a good thing when interest rates are going up? Kind of, no. So the answer is yes, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline as investors. Oh, we're going to a break. But after the break, we are going to discuss tips a little bit. But on the next Invest Talk, the story supply chains are reeling under severe pressure. Here's what investors should be considering. Despite the massive disruption, there are uh, the potential investment opportunities across some affected sectors. Steve will go through this story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart And the question is, during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue chip companies as compared to share prices, or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get? Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. 
first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go up to Alameda and talk with Josh looking at BXS. Do you own it or looking to buy it? Hey, Justin. Um, I was looking at this today um, as a play on the regional bank stocks that you guys have been mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like they had a merger um, maybe earlier this year between two banks. So maybe a, a, both, both some growth potential and, and a dividend play also. Okay, this is uh, BXS, Bank Corp South Bank. It's a holding company for Bank Corp South Bank operating offices in Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana, uh, Illinois, Missouri, Tennessee, and Texas. So kind of Midwest, South type of uh, bank. What worries me here is that it still remains below its March high of around $35 per share, now at $30.65, so it's to earn $1.43 this year, that's down 35% from last year, but supposed to earn $2.56 next year, up 79%. So you're definitely expected to see a strong rebound there. 
if you look at the profitability metrics, they have been relatively consistent, return equity in the high single digits over the last decade, and and that's fairly good for a bank, but not fantastic. Um, yields 2.6%, which is decent, but once again, not not fantastic. They've been issuing more shares. I don't like that. Uh, their pay ratio is relative, relatively low, but it's been staying kind of in the 30% range for the payout ratio, which is, means it's sustainable. Uh, and they've been raising their dividend, which I, which I like. Um, but I don't know. I just don't like the relative strength here. Uh, if I put up like a, a, a ratio between BXS and like the XLF, it's in a downtrend. You know, recently it's had a little bit of a bounce. It's been underperforming uh, for a while now. And that's my main concern here is why does it continue to underperform the XLF? And so I'm going to pass on BXS. I just think there's there's better regional banks out there that are doing a lot better. So uh, I'm, I'm passing on BXS. Let's go to Daniel in Sunnyvale looking at DDOG. This is Datadog. Hi. Yeah, I... Uh... I got. I heard about it from uh, thefool.com, dot com, and mm-hmm. uh, they say that it's uh, still at a, a good price, even though it's near its fifty-two week high. I just like to get your confirmation on it. Okay, this is Datadog. They provide a SaaS-based monitoring platform for cloud applications used by enterprises, and this is definitely one of those high multiple growth stocks trading at enterprise value to revenue of 56 times enterprise value to EBITDA is 21,000. So needless to say, it is trading at very, very high multiples, but it is growing consistently and pretty fast revenue trailing 12 months up 67% earnings up 80% and they are now profitable. So it's earn 40 cents next year on a $141 stock. Technically, it looks fine. Uh, it's had a big move here from around $75 in May all the way to 142 at the close today. So technically, it's fine. It's above the 50-day moving average, um, but it's starting to weaken here. If you look at the MACD, you have MACD divergence. It's kind of hitting that 50-day moving average, uh, and I think it looks like it wants to break it. So I, I cannot support this. It's trading at too high of a multiple. Um, good company but definitely way, 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 way overvalued, um, and I would be a seller. Thanks for the call. Now, my focus point today is based on a story behind this headline. As investors, should you be considering tips? If a highly inflationary period occurs, tips promises that you get your principal back in inflation-adjusted dollars. Now, what are tips? Well, they are treasury inflation-protected securities, and this is an alternative to owning treasuries, which if you look back in over the last 100 years or so, the 1910s, 1940s, 1970s were high-inflation environments. And if you own treasuries, you definitely lost a lot of purchasing power. Well, tips are built and made for those type of periods. So in case one of those highly inflationary periods happen, you at least keep up with inflation. Now, how it works is you'll receive interest every six months, which moves up and down with inflation 
with an inflation-adjusted principal. So if you have $1,000 of, say, a 10-year uh, tips and you get 1% per year when you buy it, well, if inflation is 5% next year, well, not only will you eventually get the $1,000 plus $50, 5% back when it matures, but you'll also start getting, instead of $10 per year in interest, $10.50. Now, if inflation happens, which granted is rare, then the interest payments will adjust downward as well. Now, your principal won't ever go below 1000 but your principal will, uh, sorry, your, your interest will adjust downward. Now, tips, of course, have two main downsides. You, know, you might say that's great. It's going to keep up with inflation. That's what I want in this environment. Well, first downside to tips is that if inflation doesn't accelerate, you can actually have negative yields. Now, normal 10-year Treasury notes right now yield about 1.7%, but 10-year tips notes yield about negative 1.1%. Meaning there's a built-in expectation called a break-even rate of 2.4% over the next 10 years. Okay? So that's one issue here is that this only protects you if inflation comes in higher than what is built into the market already. Remember, the market anticipates. The market's going to price in a certain level of inflation that's standard within these instruments. So if the market is building in 2.4% and it ends up being 6%, then tips will outperform normal treasuries. But if not, maybe inflation comes in lower than expected or only about what expected, then treasuries itself are going to outperform. So normal treasury securities are better hedges against deflation or disinflation, whereas tips can give some measure of protection against excessive inflation, excessive above what is currently built into the market. So understand that little wrinkle. Number two is reliance on official CPI. So it's adjusting based on official CPI. And as you probably know, there's a lot of ways to calculate inflation. And everyone has their own basket of inflation. The way that you spend your money and what you spend your money on is going to be a different basket than mine. And to your cousins and to your neighbor down the street. And so the way the government officially measures CPI is probably, A, not fully accurate, probably underreports inflation, especially because things that require a lot of labor uh, that like, like home health care, um, things that have a degree of scarcity and hard, hard to substitute, those things tend to outperform or outpace official inflation measures. So not only do you have the risk of the upside of inflation not materializing in the inflation numbers, but you also have the risk that it doesn't materialize to the extent that the market's priced in as well. So I hope that gave you a little good summary of what tips are, that they're a decent inflation hedge, but they're an imperfect one. And there are other better ones like gold and silver, industrial commodities, oil, real estate, Bitcoin. Those are all better inflation hedges than tips. 
The good thing about tips, though, is that you have lower downside potential. All those other things could go down a lot, potentially. And for that reason, that's why tips give you less of a true inflation hedge than those other assets. So I hope that gave you a good overview and make sure you're aware when you're buying tips and the pros and cons of them. Let's go to Noel in Napa, Napa looking at Lumen. Yes. Uh, hi, Justin. Well, I've, I've looked at it and I own it, so, but I'm just thinking, and so I don't need to know about it. I'm familiar with it, but uh, I was thinking, you know, it's not the greatest uh, space to be in right now, I don't think. And I was thinking I haven't had a long, uh, I don't have a long position in yet. So I was thinking of uh, moving out of it uh, and, and maybe pick it up later at a later date. Uh, and, uh, Go move the funds into um, energy. Uh, so just thought I'd check with you before I made the move. Well, uh, that's a that depends on your overall exposure to energy, uh, to the telecom space. Whether you're focused on the dividend or you're focused more on capital appreciation, um, I definitely like the energy space in, in this environment. Uh, it's a bit overbought in the near term, but. Uh, I do think that is a more attractive area. We are overweight, uh, that in a lot of our portfolios. But we do like Lumen. Um, but it's also, in some ways, a bond proxy because it does have a high yield. It's in the telecom uh, space. Uh, with rising interest rates, certainly th- that puts a bit of pressure on it. Um, so if I'm trying to allocate to one or the other for the, the near term, uh, I would say buying oil on a, on a near-term pullback would be uh, probably better than Lumen. But we like Lumen longer term. They're, they're focusing on more important af- assets uh, than, uh, than their, their copper uh, wire assets. Uh, they're looking to pivot to uh, fiber, and they are. And in a lot of ways, that's improving their profitability. And so we like that. So I like energy. I like Lumen. Um, but if I'm picking one or the other right now, I'm picking the energy market. Now, fall has begun. The fourth quarter is humming along, and the changing seasons are upon us. And we're starting to see snowfall in various areas of the country. Reno, Nevada, um, headed to Denver this weekend. I know there's supposed to be a little, a little uh, snow there as well. And with those changing seasons comes volatility, typically, and you're starting to see that. Uh, and in, more, in some sectors, more than others. And that makes me remind you that if you need help understanding your risk tolerance level, uh, the risk level in your portfolio, uh, how to create a consistent and profitable strategy, you should reach out to myself and Steve Peasley at our company, KPP Financial, where we provide unbiased guidance and free portfolio review assessments via telephone or go-to meetings. And then lastly, parallel investing, where we invest right alongside our clients. So you can reach out to us and set up a meeting with myself or Steve through investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Speak for a short period of time and we can assess your situation and make sure you're on the right track and see how we can help. Next up, we will pivot back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier on 888-99-CHART. So hang on. 
The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin, I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, back in June, you guys responded to a caller about BHP Group. That symbol is B as in boy, H as in horse, and P as in Paul. The fundamentals all look good at that time you were talking about, and you said that a good buy point might be around the $68 share range. They're trading right now around $55 a share. Dividend still looks good. Nothing really seems to be changed that I can find. Uh, Am I missing something, or uh, do you guys still see this as a good buying opportunity? Hey, thanks a lot for all you guys do. Well, what you're missing is a big, big problem in China with Evergrande and the real estate sector as a whole. And a lot of the demand for BHP's main product, which is iron ore, uh, is... Steel. Steel is created with iron ore and China, to build their cities, to build their real estate, used a lot of steel and they mainly bought most of their iron ore from Australia, which is uh, where BHP is headquartered and a lot of their assets reside, including their iron ore assets. So that's the issue here. Um, Same with Vale, they're kind of in the same boat. Uh, in, in that sense, and that's why they've dropped so dramatically. Uh, BHP's down 27.5% um, from the 52-week high. Uh, there's also changing of the dual listing and all that uh, that creates a little more uncertainty. Uh, now, it is based on past earnings. It looks cheap. But now you're looking at earnings of $5.78 next year. That's down 24% from this year's expected earnings of $7.61. And that's the issue here is that how far is that going to fall now that maybe China is not the biggest buyer of iron ore to make steel because they're not building nearly as as much. And that's the biggest worry here. And so I would need to see some sort of sustained bounce because technically it looks weak. Now it is at support, and this is kind of the area that I said would be good, a good buying opportunity from a technical perspective. But if the fundamentals continue to deteriorate and they suddenly lose a big client in China to buy their, their iron ore, and iron ore prices continue to drop, that's going to be a major issue. So what I would be using is that 50-day moving average. You're getting a little bounce here, but it's pretty weak, especially in relation to what bounce you're seeing in the uh, in the, the Chinese market. So I'm definitely holding off on it until I get better traction above the 50-day moving average. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we're heading into our final break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? 
Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, gentlemen. I had a question uh, regarding uh, a stock, Meta Financial Group. The stock symbol is cash, C-A-S-H. Just wondering uh, what you think about it. I see it's got uh, a lot of momentum behind it, jumped quite a bit recently. Just wondering what you guys might think. I'm thinking about, um, I'm considering it. Uh, but I would really like a second opinion. Just I'm kind of on the fence right now. And uh, I see that they've uh, bought some shares back uh, fairly recently. They had a buyback. So I think that, you know, maybe that's one reason why it's, it's, it's uh, been on a pretty good roll here. Uh, just uh, curious about your opinion on it. Thank you. Great show, by the way. Bye. Appreciate that. This is Meta Financial Group. The symbol is C-A-S-H. Yep, cash. And it's a small cap name, $1.8 billion market cap. And it's a holding company for Meta Bank, operating nine offices in Iowa and South Dakota. So, small region, but a growing region. And revenue last quarter up 22%, earnings up 128%. So, it's earned $4.71 this year, $4.82 next year. That's up from pre pandemic of $2.56. So, uh, the pandemic's definitely helped them. They're doing well. They're buying back 6 million shares. They have about 31 million shares outstanding. So that's about 20% of the the market cap. uh, And they recently announced that. So that's definitely a good thing. Small dividend yield, 0.3%. But uh, I like that. Like They they pay it and they've uh, increased it over time. Uh, But it looks like they're focusing more on stock buybacks as opposed to the, uh, the, the dividend. And... Trailing total months, free cash flow of $579 million on a $1.8 billion market cap. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. It's a little overbought in the near term, but I like it. C-A-S-H, Meta Financial Group. Now we're heading into earnings season. Kicks off this week. And what companies reveal about supply chain issues, labor shortages, as well as Delta variant could determine what the tone of trading is for the balance of the year. And there's already been some firms that have talked about the cross currents in the economy right now that have sent their shares lower. And you might see some surprises here. Now, Big U.S. companies slated this week for earnings, J.P. Morgan, Delta, United uh, Health Group, and Domino Pizza. Now, analysts expect the earnings from S&P 500 companies to grow 28% in the third quarter from a year earlier. Now, bottlenecks in the supply chain uh, that have led to shortages of components to make a lot of goods as well as a jump in inflation or raw material costs uh, could pressure the bottom line of a lot of manufacturers and retailers. And that's why the net margins on the S&P are expected to drop from 13.1% last quarter to 12.1% in the third quarter. So that's a pretty big drop, an 8% drop in underlying profitability. So if, if these companies are having to pay more and they're unable to pass it along to their customers, that's going to hit profitability, and the market's priced in in a bit. But it could be more. It could be more than what is priced in. 
FedEx, for example, reported lower than expected earnings and cut its outlook for the year because they had a lot of labor issues, having to pay people more and having trouble getting enough workers. Nike fell 6.3% when they said that their revenue is going to be lower than expected because of bottlenecks in production in Vietnam and the time it takes to get stuff from Asia to North America doubling from this time last year. Now, multiples on the SP have actually come down from where they were 12 months ago, forward-looking earnings multiples. But if those forward-looking earnings don't come in as expected, you can see uh, some more volatility. And I expect this earnings season to be more volatile than average. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Now over 35 million. You can get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a question with your review, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.